Good morning, and welcome to Intermission, where we press pause to hear your story and talk about how to be the light in a world that can feel so dark. So grab your coffee. It's time to wake up. All right, everyone, welcome to Intermission. I am here today with Derek Billups, and you might know him by his Instagram handle, Body by Billups, and he's dancing as we do this. Um, and I'm super excited to have him on the show for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, Derek is someone, whether I run into him at Turnip Truck, which is mm-hmm. here in Nashville, we usually run e- into each other um, getting some nourishment. Yeah. Um, every time I see him, I, I don't know, there's uh, a vitality about Derek and an energy that, um, just feels inspiring just to be around him. And he was on my list when I decided to do this podcast, because I want to know more about Derek. So we run in similar circles as far as in the yoga and fitness community. Um, Derek just recently got a 200 hour, uh, yoga certification, um, yes. And he also, I guess, moved to Nashville about six years ago from Virginia, where he played basketball at an NCAA school, which we will talk about. I'm very excited about that. Um, and he started a company called City Fit Concierge. And his, you know, he's going to tell you more about it, but he has a tattoo on his arm. He's showing me. <laughs> and um, he wanted to take the excuse out of people not working out, not um, taking care of themselves and staying healthy. And so he works with property managers of, um, of course, Nashville booming with <laughs> all these properties. Um, he brings the workout to them and kind of eliminates and is the bridges the gap between property managers and how to get fitness to um, their tenants. So Derek is here and I'm super excited to have you here and just welcome. Welcome to Intermission. Thank you for having me at Intermission. I love the name first and foremost, and appreciate you. Appreciate your energy. Appreciate you creating this platform for just young, energetic, not even young, old, whoever, just to come on here and yeah, tell our story. And we know you truly care. So I don't, when you asked, I didn't even think twice about it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would love to come chat with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Intermission, I don't even know if I've talked about it on the show, but um, it kind of developed as um, I sat on the stairs of Shakti with my dear friend, Lena Colhane. She and I were talking about, what would I call this podcast? And at first we talked about the speed bump and, you know, like, how do we slow down in life, like not miss um, what's happening? And then it kind of flipped to intermission, like it's our own intermission and up to us take the time to press pause and like reflect on our own story, our own life. And at the same time, it's kind of like when the lights come on, you know, like there are moments in our life, Oprah calls them her aha moments, but it's like when the lights come on, like intermission, but it's an intermission, like for us as human beings. And um, so I am excited to know like what your intermission has been like. And I want to know like, from the beginning, yeah. like where do you grow up? Where do you come from? Yeah, what does what does little Derek look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, I was born in the Fairfax, Virginia area, 1988. So my age, I'm 31 years old. Um, then we moved to the Philadelphia area, so that's where I was born and raised. Philadelphia area, kind of like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You can sing the whole song. It's kind of how it happened. Um, yeah, all of that. And then from there, I had a very just great upbringing, um, positive energy from both parents. Both parents um, are still together today. I have two sisters who are amazing, a nephew who is just like me. Um, that's good and bad. Um, no, I'm just playing. Um, and from there, I went down to back to Virginia to play college basketball and to major in sociology and business. And from there, I decided to move to Nashville with a young lady. Um, Nashville wasn't a city that I saw myself in as I as a kid growing up, but when I came here to visit, there was something about the city that captured me. I saw um, growth, I saw potential, I saw um, just 
positivity. People were very optimistic here that I met. So I made Nashville home and it was the best decision that I've ever made, essentially. So that's kind of my coming up story quickly. But yeah, Nashville <laughs> has given me um, more than just a job, but it's kind of provided purpose for me in my life. So, yeah, I, would, I am forever grateful for this city and the people here, like Mary, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what... You weren't, you hadn't opened City Fit yet. So what were you no, doing when you came no. to Nashville? Yeah, when I came to Nashville, I had just, um, I had finished in Virginia. I didn't actually didn't even graduate from college. I wasn't able to finish my degree. There were some things that happened my senior year that it was just some academic things and I had to take some time off. And when, during that time off, I had <laughs> created a kind of a new goal in my life and it didn't really include school but it was a little weird because society puts this pressure that especially when you get that far into it that you have to finish that it was wrong that you don't whatever it may be but I decided to go with my gut and come down to Nashville and when I got here it was a little struggle my parents were like yo what are you doing I was working at a sneaker store to kind of make ends meet whatever it may be but I knew the end mission was to create a business here to go to a city where I could um a city that had growth potential that I can kind of grow with the city. So this was it. And I took that chance and I figured, Hey, I could always go back and get that degree. But yeah, right now I felt like I made the right decision. I love that. It's funny because I, I, as you say that, I think about Michelle Obama and her new book becoming, she talks about like checking the boxes, like what, society or the world has told us like you go to college you get a degree you do this you do that and she shared about you know checking the boxes and never really taking time to think about what do I want to do like what makes me happy what is what drives me what am I passionate about and I related to that and I mean my degree's in speech therapy yeah you know what I mean Uh like I'm grateful that I have my degree and you know that part of my life I was able to do that in the school system and coach tennis and basketball, which I found to be something I love very much. Um, But at the same time, it's like we get so busy checking off the boxes. So I acknowledge you for just going with your gut and following your intuition. Well, I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's um, definitely something when you're doing something like that, it feels like a major risk. You feel like you're letting people down around you because nobody understands how you feel inside and um, nobody understands when you truly believe in something, nobody else really believes the way you believe it. So you sometimes you just got to kind of take that chance and just go. And later on, hopefully people fall in line and appreciate and understand why you did it. And just know your morals, ethics are in place and what you're doing is just for the betterment of you. So yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I, that's the way I kind of move now. Intent, yeah. Intention though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was the step from selling sneakers mm-hmm. to yeah. um, City Fit? Like, how did that, you know, was there like a moment that you remember, like where the name came to you or the idea came yeah. to you? Um, so what happened from selling sneakers, actually, after selling sneakers, I started with a company called Results Fitness. And Results Fitness actually did a great, great job of kind of helping me form a foundation in the fitness wellness industry as far as creating a name for myself, as far as understanding the demographic that I was really trying to attack through my personal training services. Help me just really carve out who I was as a trainer. And it took that, that experience um, to help me grow and learn exactly kind of what I wanted to be. And I've always been an independent spirit, kind of like I just explained when I left school. And I've always been one to, as soon as I understand what I want, I'm going to go and make that move. That's kind of, how I've been since I was a kid. So from that, working there, I kind of saw, okay, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to attack. And then went and kind of started City Fit. And because I'm also one that kind of likes to slightly go against the norm, the norm in the community, the norm in fitness and wellness is to create a brick and mortar establishment and to make sure that you're filling that brick and mortar establishment with people, which is great. But in 2020, and even 2016, 2017, times are changing slightly where people are appreciating and wanting, demanding convenience, essentially. So for me, I saw there was a niche and there was an area where we could fill the convenience void and mix it with the fitness and wellness. So that's kind of what we tried to do. And 
yeah, I think we created somewhat of a niche and here, here in the city at least. And yeah, that's it. We just continue to try to do our part by learning, understanding, um, continuing to educate ourselves so we can call ourselves professionals and not just out here doing it. So. Yeah, that's so good. And I wonder like, were there ever moments where, you know, things tried to turn you the other way? Things were like, mm, I don't know, or you had doubts or yeah. fears where you wanted to turn and run? Yeah, absolutely. Yesterday. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's things that happen weekly that make me question, am I built for this? Am I really good enough for this? But my life as a whole, like macro has shown me that I'm built for anything that comes my way. So that's why I was so comfortable getting into business because um, Winston Churchill says that if you can move from problem to problem without a loss of enthusiasm, then you've won. So for me, that's who I've been throughout my life. It's like issue, not all been bad, but issue after issue and just recovering, bouncing back like nothing happened and not losing the enthusiasm, not not being pessimistic, whatever it may be. So yeah, things happen all the time and I'm and I'm completely comfortable and I'm I'm ready and I expect it to happen because if things are just going right and I'm nervous because I know something's about to pop up. So yeah, I'm yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. So I actually challenge myself to not lose enthusiasm when things go wrong. Because that's what that's what the problems want you to do. They want you to get down, they want you to stop working, they want you to um be pessimistic. So yeah. Yeah. Enthusiasm, man. I think it's so important, and I love that. I'd never heard that Winston Churchill um, quote, so I'm gonna make note of that one. Um, I mean, as I'm looking at you, I'm like, what was like little Derek like? Were there things that like happen? Because I know that there are things in my life that. Sorry. What happened? No, I thought I had a picture. I was about to pull out little Derek, but I moved. Oh, little Derek. Okay. okay. I would love to see it sometime. Maybe we'll share it on the socials so people can. But um, but I just imagine, you know, because in my childhood and we'll talk about teacher training later, but I know through my yoga practice and self-inquiry that there were things that happened when I was little. Like I can remember I didn't think of it until I was in level one with Baron Baptiste. Um, but a moment where I was told I was too little, like I would never play high school basketball. And I know in that moment it switched something in me into from like, I am worthy and I can yeah. to, I'm going to prove you wrong. Absolutely. Like, so I spent most of my life proving that I was worthy, that I could play high school basketball. And I did, I showed him. And also like, now I know I can make choices from a place of like, I can not, I need to prove something to you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just wondering like in your childhood or is there something from your past that you can remember like a moment where it was like, where you had to have that enthusiasm. You had to do X, Y, and Z to overcome whatever yeah. you were facing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, as a, just as a black man, just understanding that throughout life, like even through middle school, high school, a lot of schools, a lot of times I was one of the only African-American kids. Like I grew up in the suburb, the suburban area, essentially. So for me, it was always this like, not this like racial tarp, but like this expectation that um, and social norm that African-Americans, young black men were um, negative, violent, um, angry, whatever, not smart, weren't educated or whatever it may have been. So each stage in my life, essentially, there's been not necessarily me trying to prove um, these stereotypes wrong, but living with people and just society kind of looking at me like that you know what I mean so like that alone puts pressure on me to just kind of like just be better essentially because they expect certain things and I don't know I mean certain like races don't really understand that but the way movies portray African-Americans the way music portrays African-Americans the way the news portrays African-Americans it sets a tone in people's mind essentially so even if they don't know me even if they see me, they'll in turn, like, whether it's hold their bag, whether it's to tell their daughter not to hang with this guy, whatever it may be. So for me, it's always dealing with that and just fighting that and 
it's internal sometimes and sometimes it's external but yeah that's probably been the biggest thing because it's a constant it's not just like one situation it's just throughout every stage of life essentially so yeah and you know and that's something that i can't even imagine you know like as a white woman Mm -hmm. um yes i'm part of the lgbtq community there are there have been you know went to a church that told me that i was bad and um it took a long time to for myself like what do i believe for myself and um, versus what is society telling me but as far as like what you have witnessed and what you have your internal dialogue or what society shows um i can't even imagine and nah, you know, especially like, in this time now i don't want you to feel like that because everybody's song perspective like your worst problem may feel just as worse as my worst problem you know what i mean so like you uh, i never judge people's feelings like you may just feel just as bad as i do about something that it just may be on different levels so no nah, don't ever say you don't yeah, you understand you get it yeah I get it from, yeah, as you much as I can from my right. point of view. Yeah. Mm. Um, so how does that, so, the, you know, a lot has been in the news lately, right? Yeah. With mm-hmm. um, the way black people are portrayed. And I know for me, um, I grew up in a all white town mm-hmm. um, and, you know, because of my um, learning about myself and realizing something was different about me. I feel like I have been one to always speak like, you know, we are all equal and we should be treated as such. We are all whole and complete. And also I know like there are, have been tracks running right in the back of my mind and living in East Nashville. And um, I always said, I am, I am not racist, but I have become woke right to that. There are things that run in the back of my mind that, I would never say, but I also don't want to hide from those. Yeah, anymore. absolutely. You know, like I want to acknowledge them because I know what we don't acknowledge, we can't heal. Yeah. And so I think me saying, oh, you know, I know that because of how I was raised, mm. right, and where I live, that there are those things that are kind of like soundtracks running in the background. They're quiet. They're very, yeah. very quiet. Um, so anyways, I was just, you know, one, curious as to you know, as a black man in these days, like what, yeah. how you, how you deal, how you cope. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Well, first off, first I want to start with what you said first about the things running through your mind and things like that. That's not, I don't necessarily think that's your, your fault. It's just how we're conditioned. It's like where we grow up, what we see, what we're comfortable with, um, what we're accustomed to. Just like if you've seen a lion walking around, you'd be, you freaked out, even though like a, a black person, Mexican, they're not lions, but you didn't grow up around this specific race you didn't grow up around these people so it's just sometimes you feel it like i don't blame people for feeling uncomfortable but it's not the willing to accept and understand and learn that's when i get a little um just irritated but as far as me i've again like i said before race and um um just prejudice or, or whatever it may be that has been going on for so long my parents were born during the civil rights era so for me i have it actually good like i have a business i don't walk around and feel blatant racism i i move the way i please and i'm very ignorant to it if it is there because i don't <laughs> to be honest with you about like what people think but at the same time like i'm very conscious that it is happening now the news does do a good job of pushing it heavy to causes because it does help to change but again this is something mentally and something that i've been seeing for a long time so i deal with it kind of not as it comes, but I understand who I am and I understand I'm a black man. I understand that there is a certain stereotype against me, especially a young black man with tattoos, young beard, whatever it may be. So I just have to be cautious. I, 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 um, I will not change who I am. I will not, um, tuck my, tuck my tail between my legs, but I will continue to act like ethically and morally and just be me. And I know that's good enough. So yeah, that's how, that's how I feel about it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I, you know, same here is, you know, 
there are certain places that Olivia and I would travel together, but might not hold hands. Yeah. That's you know? yeah. <laughs> like feel- just like an awareness. And um, also I believe that that can change and, mm-hmm. um, and that we all are equal and we all deserve to walk on the street freely yeah. without um, worry or concern and also still have awareness. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um. Okay, so I want to know what what made you do your yoga teacher training? Yeah, what drove that for you? Yeah, so the first the first the very first reason I did it is because, and this is me being transparent because that's just who I am. Um, it's because we had a lot of yoga teachers and a lot of thing um, yoga classes running through my business, and I was a personal trainer, and I would sit down, interview, talk with a lot of yoga teachers, but. I wouldn't know their plight. I wouldn't, I didn't understand their process essentially. And it was hard to um, really call myself a boss of something and not really a boss, but a leader of something and not understand the process that the people that you're bringing on go through. So for me, that was the first, first thing. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't in love with yoga at the time. I liked it, you know? Um, but when I did my teacher training, that's when it changed. It was like, I, I, I love this shit. I connect more with the yoga community than I do with the um, fitness community, the trainers, things like that. That's just what it is. My best friends now, like people I hang up with the most now, all yoga teachers. It's just the energy that we give off, the energy that I have, the the risk taking, the um, trying to understand myself more, constantly self evaluating. Just the things I talk about with the people that are in that community are just a little different. And th- th- that's no bash against um, the, the training community, but yeah, it's really helped me um, redefine myself and, and just like discover parts of myself that I didn't know were there, or I was just wasn't um, vulnerable enough to um, let out. So yeah, found a new family. I love that. I and can relate, of course. Um, yeah. I got... I did my yoga teacher training because I thought I wanted to be a trainer. So I was like, I need to know how to, you know, teach people how to do yoga. Um, So what do you think you learned the most about yourself um, through that process? Yeah, I think um, what I learned the most about myself during that process, um, there's a lot of things I learned, but I learned the most. You can share them all. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you crying on the podcast? No. Um, the thing that I learned the most about myself is that I wasn't, um, I wasn't evaluating enough. Like I wasn't looking at my day to day, my week after week, my month after month and, and really seeing if I'm living like with intention or purpose or anything. It was kind of just a lot of just, just spread out unorganized life and that when I went to the training, it kind of helped me. It made me kind of sit down for two weeks and really kind of evaluate. And I haven't done that since before I started City Fit. Like I just, I haven't done that at all. And it really kind of just kind of opened my mind up, removed some clouds and blur. And yeah, that's, I feel like that's what it It really did for me. Yeah. Like a way for you to press pause, you know, we talked about the, the point behind the name of this podcast is like we, you know, you had a mission, you wanted to start city fit and then things start to go, 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 go. You can't stop it really. Right. If you stop it, you might. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, same for me, like through the, the yoga practice and the self inquiry, Mm -hmm. that's what I believe is, is quite different about um, the Baptist methodology and mm. this yoga that we practice and teach and um, just that willing to it's meditation, it's the physical practice and it's the self inquiry, like asking yourself the hard questions, yeah. you know, like going through 40 days yeah, right, right now with Aaron, like, you know, I don't want to answer, mm. you know, where am I not present in my life or where am I flirting with disaster? And also when I do answer those questions, like, what do I get present to? Um, yeah. Get, you know, wake up to something that yeah. I didn't know I was to. Yeah. Um, what do you think was the biggest aha thing for you in the training? I know you said that you weren't evaluating yourself enough, but like about Derek, like yeah. deep down, like what um, is something that you didn't really 
acknowledge about yourself before? Um, for me, I didn't acknowledge my faults to people. I wasn't big on apologizing. Um, I wasn't big on stopping and, um, I didn't care what people thought. No, I didn't care how people felt mm. about <laughs> the way I was moving or what I needed to do to get to my destination. I felt like if you were in the way, it was kind of like, all right, like whatever I got to do type thing. And that's the mentality I thought you had to have to succeed and to get where I'm from Philly that, that up North, it's just a different, like everybody's kind of like doggy, especially if you're in business, it's kind of doggy dog up there. It's in the energy's not as bad down here. I feel like in that. So I needed to just chill out a little bit and realize that, Hey, like you can be a great guy. You can be a, um, high integrity human and, and still run an amazing business and do great things and all of that. So that, that was big for me. I had to learn that. <laughs> and how do you think that that has helped shape your company now with city fit? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's, it's shown, um, it's created more of a family vibe. It's, it's less of, um, about me and more about the family. You know what I mean? It's, um, I'm I'm getting older. I'm getting more mature. I'm realizing. I mean, you you learn from error. It was my not only my first business, but my first time just just doing anything like that. You know, so it was just there's things that happen that you just learn from, and you you're lucky if it if you can survive it. You know what I mean? Like the the the, the negative, the the errors, the mistakes, the relationships that failed essentially. But again, if you can learn from them every single time and continue to grow then what you become in the end is amazing. So I'm just continuing to try to, again, evaluate self-inquiry, learn, okay, what did I do previously in these relationships? Okay, how can I make it better in these next relationships? And then I'm going to do something bad in these. So how can I make it even better? And then hopefully it it reflects in the business, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you shared earlier, I think before we started the podcast, um, the how you just – like you feel like things are happening for you. Like there's like Oprah says, what is this here to teach me? And I feel like you kind of have that mentality now, like, you know, okay, yeah. this happened. Of course it's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. not about what happens. It's how you react to it. Or how you react, how you respond. What's yeah. next from it. Yeah. That's um, next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it makes you look at problems differently. Like even as a CEO, as my company, um, when things happen, I kind of, I used to get frustrated and upset and all that, but if things didn't happen, I wouldn't have a job. Like, like if I wasn't like, I'm the fixer. So I'm comfortable with like things happening because it allows me to really strategize and think deeply about how to make the situation better. And I look at it as a positive because everybody doesn't want that pressure. Everybody doesn't want to do that. Everybody can't do that. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that now. It's like not when things go wrong, but having to fix them. and probably why you're so successful so um tell everybody listening a little bit more about city fit concierge yeah yeah absolutely so um city fit we were a company started four years ago um we were city fit was created to fill a void in the convenient realm of fitness and wellness there were a lot of online videos and youtube channels that obviously provided convenience um but the in-person um, feel is something that I feel like can never be re- replaced in in our industry. So we want to provide the convenience and the in-person. So that's what we do. We have trainers that go on site, um, group classes that go on site, massage therapists. Um, the other side of the company is um, something that I really focus on, and it's the gym design, gym consulting. We go, we've designed now 15 wellness spaces in Nashville. Um, we're working on another two right now where we just – or trying to leave some type of legacy that's behind that we can say, Hey, we've, we're a part of this or we're a part of that. And yeah, that's it. So you fit. And we're, Oh, we're growing. We're in three cities now. We're in Raleigh, Orlando and Nashville. And hopefully when this quarantine will hopefully be moved through the next month or so. And hopefully we can start hitting Atlanta and a couple other cities that we've got circled on our, oh, there's usually a, a whiteboard over here, circled on our whiteboard. So Yep, that's the goal. And again, there's so many highs and lows. So I, I just told you guys all the positives and the great stuff happened City Fit. But um, 
yeah, there's a lot of stressful and negativity as well. So I don't want to just give you guys the positive, but the, the most important thing is that it's fulfilling. I'm fulfilled and, and it makes me happy. So, yeah. I, I can tell that and feel that as you're yeah. talking about it. And that's so exciting. Yeah. Hotlanta. The Hotlanta, yeah. for real. Hotlanta. They might steal so, me. Hotlanta might take me. No. <laughs> you know, they call it Chocolate City out there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate City. <laughs> Oh, we don't want to lose you in Nashville and also maybe gaining a great one. Wow. Um, so how can people find you? Like what? Um, um, well, don't creep up on me, but um, no, you guys can find me. Um, I'm literally, I try to be everywhere, but we're, um, you can find me Capital Steps Workout. We go every Sunday now, guys. You want to find me outside. We have City Fit Live, which is 42 plus um, group fitness classes, live stream to your phone, computer, from boxing to meditation to high-intensity workouts. And then we also do on-site training. So we'll come to you no matter where you're at. You're in a gated community. You're in a corporate office. If you're in a hotel visiting, if you're in a residential community, wherever you're at, we got trainers that will come directly to you. Oh, and we got massage therapy as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so she now asked. tell them I feel like I'm plugging now tell them yeah. where they can find you online like how they can oh contact. yeah see I went into all that see you can't get me you know I'm a no, that was perfect. don't have me do that, that. Um, oh they can find me online guys go to Body by Billups is my Instagram page Body by Billups and you go to City Fit Concierge it's the City Fit Instagram page um, CityFitConcierge.com is the website mmm yeah, that's enough. I think you too much. You ain't gonna do none of them. So just go to those couple. Check those out. Give us a follow. We'll follow you guys back. That's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. So how many employees do you have now? Or so I guess they they yeah, yeah, we have actually four employees, but we have about twenty-two contractors. So people that contract from Zumba teachers to um, yoga instructors. So yeah, everybody that just we're just a family. Um, there's a saying that if you can't um, if you don't specialize, you can't do everything well, essentially. They're just saying, for us, we like the step on that. For us, we try to pull great instructors from every area, whether it's a boxing instructor here in the city, whether it's a boot camp instructor, whether it's a, a yoga teacher, whatever it may be. And we do our best to provide a quality service for each guy. So come check it out. It's all, all one-stop shop. That's amazing. <laughs> I do. I Mary. can't wait. I don't know. Um, what about, I want to hear a little bit about your basketball career because, basketball. you know, I basketball, it was my first love. Yeah. And um, yeah, I want to know a little bit about what your, yeah. um, what that was like for you. Yeah. So basketball was, I was a division three basketball player, which if you're talking to, me, I still think I was like an NBA prospect. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. I have that kind of unrealistic confidence that you got to have. But um, yeah, I was an all South Jersey performer in high school. I probably averaged about 17, 18 points. Um, point guard, um, but yes. could dunk really well. I got bunnies up there. So point guard is dunking on guys. Um, yeah, from there, I went to school in Virginia, played ball all four years there. Had a great career, had, had some great teammates. Um, yeah, that and and I actually coached at University School in Nashville when I moved here for about four years. Coached the basketball team as well, so I was able I was able to keep the hoop dreams alive for a couple more years with the young fellas until they got tired of me. And then, um, yeah, that's that's it. Now I watch a lot of hoops and I keep pictures like this around the house of like Michael Jordan. You see that picture right there, oh, Jordan right there. But yeah, like that uh, on my coin drop, and that's what that is. But um, yeah, guys. Enjoy uh, the coins, dropping. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, you know, I was a point guard as right. well. Point God. Um, point God. Point God. And in my dreams, I dunked. Yeah. Um, but okay. I I played like I was seven feet tall. Yeah. But um, yeah, I yeah, man, back in the day, I was trying to. Yeah. They called me. So my name is Mary Nell, mm -hmm. and um, people. So back in that time. I'm 44. All right. No, you're not. Yes, you, I you am. The world, you're 44. Oh my god. The one video, 44. I love it. Well, Spud Webb was yeah, big Spud, back yeah. at that time. 
So I was Spud Nell. People would call oh me Spud Nell. Oh my gosh. And um, Dominique Wilkins was my favorite. I Ooh, was Atlanta. the one because oh. of him. Yep. Yep. Nasty. So um, they have a statue of him at um, Atlanta. Yeah. There. Yeah. 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 I went over there and got to see his statue. Anyways, I digress, but um, I would love to play ball. I digress. <laughs> Let's definitely shoot around for sure. I trust me, I digress a little bit as well. I I I still walk around like I have it, but when I get out on the court, it's 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 fifty fifty. It can go out of way. If I don't dribble with my left hand for a while, it kind of disappears a it little goes bit. Up. But absolutely. Uh, okay, so what 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 do you do day to day to stay grounded, I guess? Is there yeah. like a practice for you or yeah, so for me, stay to stay grounded is just so I have a, a notebook where I write down a lot of things that I'm just appreciative for. So there's no set number when I wake up, like I have to do 10, I have to do 12, I have to do five. It's just waking up, just writing what I'm appreciative for. So one day it could be I'm appreciative literally for blinking, for having my vision, for having like all my fingers, because literally it, at the blink of an eye, that stuff, one thing could go and it could take you out of your this this like normal comfortable life that you've had your entire life so for for things like that i'm grateful and if it was to ever go if my eye was to go or my foot was to go or my leg was to go i will be able to appreciate the times that i had you know what i mean so like yeah i'll be devastated i'll be hurt but but i'll be all right you know what i mean like i'll i'll be cool i'll appreciate the 30 something years that i had it and i'll that's it but that's why you got to appreciate the things while you still have them, whether it's family, whether it's even your limbs or whatever it may be, just, just appreciating it, being in the moment. Um, that helps me stay grounded for a while there. Um, I wasn't in the moment. I was just moving about what was next, what was next, what was next, not appreciating the times, not appreciating the people that were here, not appreciating just everything, you know? So that's, yeah. I think the appreciation aspect is something that is helping me be more grounded and, and just appreciate myself. Like I said, just appreciating everything that's going on and other people appreciating like what I've done for myself and the changes that I've allowed myself to make and the, um, uh, how I've allowed myself to be open to new experiences and just, yeah, just, yeah. Appreciating myself as well. Cause that helps me appreciate everybody else even more. So. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It starts with us first. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love, I believe gratitude is, um, Gratitude is also one of my practices that um, I lean on a lot, like yep. especially during a time like this and a pandemic. It's never happened before. It's like never happened before. You know, in one our, of my Yeah, yeah. So, what is the as, after you write in your notebook? What does the first hour of your day look like? Yeah, definitely. Um, first hour of my day looks like I get out of bed. Um, I have a playlist on my phone. It's called the feel good playlist essentially so i play that every morning I'll show you guys well, i'll show you guys later it's called the feel good playlist it's on spotify i play it through my tv every morning What's one of the songs on there one of the songs on there is um whitney houston um her um i want to dance with somebody want to feel the heat with somebody want to dance with you um that's one of, that's yeah. the second song on there um has has some songs you wouldn't think i have it has um diane work say a little prayer for you forever and ever i lay my heart and i will love you forever and ever and ever so songs like that just gotta be it's real nostalgic you know what i mean it's just a, yeah. a mix of songs that what about what about this one what in west philadelphia born and raised yeah that one's not on there but that one is definitely a song that takes me back for sure. Um, yeah. Just like, yeah, I have a weird musical playlist, but it's cool. I like it. So you play your playlist and what? Yeah, I'll what play my it? playlist. And then from that, I go right into like a, a 10 to 15 minute um, meditation. When I say meditation, it's not the way you think. I keep my music on. So it's not, um, it's not completely silent. Um, I don't. I actually think better when there's something playing in the background, essentially. So I sit there for about 10, 15 minutes and I just think and run through what my day is going to be like. Because at night I write the day out and then I kind of sit there and just kind of think about the day, think about the things I want to accomplish, the attention. And 
not really thinking about, I try my hardest not to think about the day before or the past and just thinking about the intention for that day and not even thinking about the day after. And that's kind of a process I've been doing probably for the last mm, year and a half, kind of before my yoga practice. And yeah, after that, it goes right into a workout. So the workout will usually consist of some type of stretching mobility. So a lot of um, yoga moves, yoga moves that, um, I've learned mixed with a lot of the um, functional fitness, mobility stuff, and yeah, challenge my body. And then after that, put some food in my body, and that's it. I'm out. And usually starting the business, it's by seven o'clock, I'm ready to like start my work. So that usually starts at like five. So from five to seven, that's usually like a two hour process with the workout, meditation, writing down what I'm um, appreciative for, and yeah, and getting it rolling. <laughs> yeah, because you got to take care of yourself so that yeah. you can have exactly. something to give others, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm I love a morning person, said, too. Sorry. You're what? I said, I'm a morning person, so I feel like um, that's when I'm my best self. So I feel like I'm, I want to give myself to my best self, you know, my best okay. self to myself. So doing it first thing is when I have the most energy. So mind's sharp. Let's go. Let's get it. So, yeah. I love it. I am most productive in the mornings. Yeah. Um, evening, something just switches in me. I don't know. I'm just like, I just need like mindless TV or yep. something to chill. But, um, and I love what you said about meditation because, you know, people do, you know, they're probably somebody listening right now. It's like, oh, I don't meditate. And like, for me, I used to think I was bad at mm -hmm. meditating. Um, but it's, yeah, it can be as simple as like when Olivia and I walk the dog, sometimes we will take 10 minutes of silence, like no talking um, and do a walking meditation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll sit on the porch with the birds chirping and set a timer. Um, mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just time in stillness with music playing, like you said, with, yeah. you know, no phones, no talking, just being. Yeah. And um, I love that. And so, yes, yeah, so if you're listening and you think you can't meditate or it's, a bunch of hoopla. I will say, you know, we've been meditating every day, twice a day for the 40 days program. Yeah. And um, we both like feel so grounded and so present and not as reactive to things. It's yeah. um, super beneficial. So I'm glad that you brought that up. All right, Derek, if you had a billboard, mm -hmm. what would it say? <laughs> a billboard. It would have to probably say no days off. Um, and that no days off is a is what I utilize. It's like my hashtag, I like to put on everything because it could mean no days off from working on yourself, like period. Just working on yourself every day. It doesn't have to be doing push-ups. It doesn't have to be reading a book. It doesn't have to be going on a hike. It doesn't have to be getting a massage, washing teeth, like whatever it may be. It could be whatever you want it to be, but no days off on continuing to work on yourself. And it's just no days off because we all need to, um, we all need to grow. And growth for me is like my biggest motivator. Like ooh, that is what allows me to constantly want to like push forward to wake up in the morning, to get up early and go because I'm looking forward to that next, next area where I can grow. Like whether it's personal development, whether it's spiritually, whether it's in a romantic relationship, like treating that person better, whether it's business, like how can I grow? So yeah, that's a, that is my number one motivating factor. Growth. Growth. It says growth, but you wouldn't know. So acronym, it's all good. It's all good. He's showing me showing me his tattoos. I'm sorry y'all can't see that. <laughs> Maybe we'll share it on the socials. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like growth can look like for me, I used to feel guilty for resting. Like if mm. I ever tried to, you know, sit, um, maybe even close my eyes for a few minutes during yeah. the day, I would feel guilty. Or if I did fall asleep, I'd have a nightmare, you know, because there's yeah. a lot of guilt, like, no, you have to be going and doing. So I agree. It can look different for everyone. Absolutely. Just, um, what can make me more alive, like, and soak up this one wild life, you know? You yeah. you got that right. And if you can't show up as your best self, you're not really showing up. So it's yeah. like, what you got you to gotta take care of that star player first. It may seem selfish, but it's more selfish to show up 65, 70%. And that's what I was doing. I, I did that a lot. I still do it sometimes. And I recognize it now, but for a while I didn't. I was just like, damn. Like, so... 
yeah, I feel like working on that star player, making sure that person's good and everything else is fall into place. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so part of my mission, I feel on this earth is to um, inspire more joy in the world. And so I decided to do a segment on each podcast and I call it joy pop. Joy pop. I like it. Joy pop. You know, like dirty pop. Yeah, like dirty pop. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> joy pop. <What? laughs> you crazy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So what what brings Derek joy? Like what uh-huh. um it could be something you do, it could be someone yeah. you're with or yeah, what just feels um not necessarily just happiness, but like joy. Yeah. Um, freedom, flexibility, um, the ability to wake up and not have to do anything. And I feel like that's created by doing exactly what you got to do. So my dad always says, do what you got to do so you can do what you want to do. So me just working my butt off, building what I can build, do what I can do. So a bit, so I can get freedom to live the way I want to live. And that's what I'm fighting for right now. Um, that's what excites me. That would, that's what pushes me to, kind of grind is the flexibility to be able to have a boat and go where I want to go and float where I want to float and do what I want to do. And then the people that excite me, the things that excite me is like my new nephew. He looks like me, he talks like me, he, he, he stutters like I did. It's, it's so funny. It's just, yeah, that excites me to, and it motivates me. I don't have any children yet. So for me, it's like, it, it pushes me to make sure that I get to where I need to get so that when, he's able to really see he's like oh damn uncle d is killing it you know what i mean so yeah that that excites me i look i'm definitely excited about him and my father my dad's my best friend my mom um family they're always there for me always support me um they always make me feel like i don't need anybody else and that's important a lot of people walk around like they need they're dependent on other people um and they need these things to make them whole but my family's always made me feel very whole and it's made me walk around very confident and not really dependent on anything else. So yeah, I'm mm. super grateful and happy when they're around and they're happy. So, yep. What, what a gift that, you know, to have the parents like you've had and the upbringing and um, yeah, I feel like your gratitude really is something that fuels your, your days and mm-hmm. You said um, there's nothing you have to do, and yeah. that lands for me. Like I made a shift in my um, my language. I guess it's been a couple of years now. I switched. Yeah. I eliminated "have to" from my vocabulary. Yeah. I say I get to. I get yeah. to pay bills. I get to. Yeah, I get to pay bills because I have money in the bank and I have electricity and air conditioning and yeah. whatever. Or I get to go teach yoga. Yeah. Like that's what I get to do. Um, I get to wake up. I don't have to wake up. Absolutely. You know, and so like um, that. that really lands for me. Yeah. So like that's been a game changer for me to. is eliminating that word from from my mouth. Like it'll start to come out now at times. And I'm like, nope. No, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, I get to do this. Yeah, Amazing. I love that. I love that. Um, I guess one last question. What... Um, do you, what's your most gifted book? Like, is there a, a book or maybe it's something else that, yeah. you know, that you give to others that, you know, inspires you or. Yeah. So the book called Start With Why. He's reaching, reaching for it, y'all. <laughs> so it's a book called Start With Why. It's by Simon Sinek. And it's your, it's the, it's starting with trying to find your purpose, developing your purpose, understanding your purpose, understanding your why, like why, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you with the person you're with? Why are you living in the city that you're living in? Why are you pushing towards that business? And if you know the purpose behind it, you know, the intention that makes the, that makes the process, that makes the journey clear and, and you appreciate the journey more. You, you understand what's happening. So this book right here has really helped me kind of um, move with very clear, intention throughout my days throughout my weeks throughout my months and and um once you set that goal you it doesn't allow a lot of distractions to come into that tunnel of like your your journey it's kind of like if it doesn't match or if it doesn't fit with goal then it's it's like i got repellent against it so that why and that purpose is key because once that happens you, you 
can't nothing really distract you unless you unless you let that in. So right. I love that. Your wife makes you unmessable with. Unmessable, right? unpenetrable, unpenetrable. Yeah. I can never unpenetrable. unpenetrable. <laughs> hey, you're not good for me, bro. Stay over there. Stay over there. Hey, That's right. Doesn't that doesn't fit my purpose? Stay over there. So boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries, yeah. 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 Oh, this, doesn't, Derek. this doesn't fit in my financial budget. We still gotta buy it though. <laughs> that boat. Give me that boat. Just gotta make it back. We just gotta make it back. Gotta work extra hard oh. this week. <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, I hope to come on your boat with you one day when you get it. I'm just gonna invite myself. Hold up, one second. Hold up. What'd you say? <laughs> I said I can't wait to come on your boat one day. I'm just gonna invite myself. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you, can, you can you can come on the boat oh. for sure. You just gotta, mm. you, just, you just gotta bring a bottle of champagne. I can do champagne. that. Pop and bubble. Everybody yes. celebrating, Mary. We made it. We made it. There's always something to celebrate, right? We made always. it. Right? We made it. Um, I'm on a Derek. boat. I got my yacht. You out there taking Ellen the generous spot for the for the, for the talk show host of the year? Oh, oh, Ellen, Ellen, who? Ellen, who? Ellen. Oprah no who? Ever, Ellen, no one could ever Ellen. take your spot. I love how you think. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I believe that. I believe that. I know that. you do. I know you do. Soldier. Oh, thank no, you I appreciate so much. You so much. I do. Thank you for having me on this. I really do. And I appreciate I'm I'm not moving fast past the fact that you thought of me to be on here. And I truly appreciate that. You you have seen my growth, whether it's good, bad, you've probably heard great things, you've probably heard bad things, but I like the fact that you take time to figure things out for yourself and you understand that life's a growing process. So everybody has room to get better. And yeah, I appreciate you, period. So you know that. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And I know that people listening are going to get so much from this and I'm glad that they got to hear from you and um, check out city fit concierge. It's taking over your city one day soon um, in Orlando and Nashville and soon. Nashville, Atlanta soon, Orlando. Yeah. Doing it guys everywhere though. So blowing it up and check them out. Body by Billups on Instagram and um, thank you so much for sharing and welcome to intermission intermission hey <laughs> intermission dance oh there will be music i can oh, play okay. it at the end you'll hear it, it, it here. Oh, it's by cool. dj adam hey yeah.